Let's hop into a bit of a time machine here for a moment, friends. It's the 1980s, and you live in Portland, Oregon. You stop by your local neighborhood arcade because, you know, why not catch a little gaming while you're there, play a little Pac-Man, just the usual. You play a new game that just came out, but you notice on your way home that you feel extremely sick. You're dizzy, and that night you have the worst migraine of your life. You start to hear rumors that the game that you just played was put there by the government themselves in order to perform mind control? Oh, you say government, I say tinfoil hat. I am so (laughs) ready. This is kind of giving me Pokemon Lavender Town vibes, right? But grown up, it's elevated. Uh, It's potentially real. I don't know very much about this. Obviously, it's also in an 80s arcade setting. So uh, Millie Bobby Brown is there here for all of this. We're in Stranger Things, baby. That's right. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your evidence expert, and ooh, buddy, freaking gruesome gaming, man. These are my favorite episodes. I'm Eleanor, your perpetually stubborn skeptic. You know, honestly, you're a bit more of a gamer than I am, but I am like, I love arcades. I love me a Dave and Buster's trip. I have a mean skee-ball throw. Okay, so we're meeting in the middle here. Together, we are the gruesome twosome and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for, or we might just scare ourselves into staying up all night. But one thing is for sure, we are glad to have you along for the ride. I like to picture us looking for the darkest corners of the internet in like a dark arcade corner today. Ooh! Listeners, picture that, okay? Recording from like, there's little nacho cheese on the ground. <laughs> Dust bunnies amok. The paint is peeling. Somebody has peed there once, definitely. Don't love the smell, but love the idea. The (laughs) ambiance. The ambiance, the vibe, the aesthetic, if you will. We are taking a serious ride into the past with this supposed cursed video game called Polybius. This is a fascinating story for me because I walked into this Mostly thinking that it was an internet urban legend and that if there was any truth behind it, there wasn't a lot of concrete truth. But listen, we're walking out with a ton of information on this supposed haunted slash evil slash just like sick arcade game. I am here for this. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, starting May 8th, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Polybius, which is a supposed arcade game, was released in 1981 in Portland, Oregon, only across a few different arcades. So the cabinet was basically only in a few select arcades across Portland. And this has got to be like one of our OG internet urban legends. I mean, like a cursed, supposed 80s arcade cabinet. Like count me in. I've heard about this online forever, it feels like. Is this your first time ever hearing about it? You told me really casually about it before, but like you said a little bit ago in the intro, we thought it was just a complete urban legend. So I don't really know anything about it past that. Rumors start coming out about this cabinet and we're going to get into like, who remembers this? Where did it come from? How real could this potentially be? But the theory, the overarching theory around Polybius is that it was created by an unknown government agency to test mind control technologies on whoever played. And the evidence for this? People reported having amnesia, night terrors, dizziness, migraines, and insomnia after playing the game. What is the gameplay? Like, what mind control could they possibly be testing? Because, listen, again, I'm potentially here for this theory. But, like, are we shooting something? Am I puzzling? What's going on here? What it has been described as is kind of like, you know how like in Pac-Man, it's like a collectible. So it's like this collectible game meets almost like a shooter. But in the recreated footage that people have designed essentially to try to explain what the game is like, it all looks really just like, I mean, it looks like it's meant to hypnotize you. Like it looks really glitchy. And I don't know. I really understand why people did not feel well after playing this game. Lovely. To recap, this is a super monkey ball, Pac-Man, shooter, wander around, glitchy, hypnotizing. Like, it has to be said that there is no clear description of what this game was, clearly. I mean, this is just coming from people's descriptions. And also, like I said, people have recreated, quote unquote, if it was a real game, what the gameplay would be like. And the recreated gameplay looks really just trippy and weird. And there's not like a clear way to describe it, which is why you get Super Monkey Ball Pac-Man Shooter with a hypnotizing twist. It's like this could exist and might. I'm here to listen to the evidence. But when things get so notorious, it's like even if there are five real stories of real gameplay of people who have really played this game, you're also going to get like 500 stories of people who didn't. So how do you even begin to suss out if any of them are true? But listen, the story does not simply stop at uh, it's a creepy, trippy little game and people don't feel well after they play it. Supposedly, according to people who were playing this game, suspicious looking men in black suits would just wander into arcades and they would start messing around with the machine. And it's the best way to meet Will Smith. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like suspicious looking men in black suits wander into these arcades and supposedly collect records from the arcade game. So once again, people are like mind control, MK Ultra. their tinfoil hats are fully on their heads. 
So back to Polybius, it was first listed online on the CoinOp website in the early 2000s, which is like a large digital database for arcade games. Think like a Reddit for arcade games. A popular comment on this entry was actually left by Stephen Roach in 2006. Now, he claimed that he was hired to develop Polybius. He was like, yeah, Polybius? I was partially hired to develop that, but he said, I stopped developing it. I stopped working on it because people said they were getting sick. However, who is Stephen Roach? He did not give any other credits. He was not like, oh yeah, I also worked on this game and this game. Like he just came into the comment section. He was like, yeah, I worked on this. It made people sick. We stopped working on it. Yeah. Like (laughs) my name is Farty Fart. I invented Pokemon. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why take his word for this? I also don't, I always ask these questions on the podcast and they always feel like such a downer. But if you're inventing a mind control machine, why is it also making people sick? If you're just there to collect data. Right. Details like that always feel like they're only included in these stories to make them creepy. For people who remember Polybius and remember, like, the men in black collecting records from the arcade cabinet, remember also that a few months after it came out in 1981, which, side note, very specific date, when nobody, nobody can remember, like... It leads me to believe that there was one forum where this was first talked about, where, like, it came from one story, a couple other people glommed on, but there was a specific date in the first story. Yeah. And everybody was just like, okay. And it was like they knew that probably because of a very specific summer, because it's not like the arcade cabinet was, like, around for that long. It started to disappear, like, a few months after it rolled out. So what gives? Like, if it was this incredibly intricately designed, like, arcade cabinet made for mind control, why did they use it for a couple of months and then roll it out. Mm -hmm. And then if it wasn't that, where did it go? My question is like, what records? (laughs) Like these men would come and collect these quote unquote records. What are the records? Like, it's just impossible to quantify if this could even be mind control because we have no idea what you were even doing in the game. What kind of records is the game creating? Like, is it like once it successfully mind controlled you, it punches out on a piece of paper, done. It writes your full legal name, your social security number, your address, like the first name of your pet. I'm sure to test like subliminal messaging to see if a video game or any piece of media or anything could convince people to like take different actions. And I feel like that would be kind of easy to measure on something like an arcade game that just had a couple movements, like to see if it could make people do certain things. So theoretically, we're saying that you could, like like video games inherently are almost a form of mind control. I was actually thinking about this when I was playing Ratchet and Clank, like video games force you, seemingly even open world expansive video games, lead you around the map through subtle clues you don't even notice so that you can continue the game. So there could be a much, 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 much less sophisticated version that existed in the 80s. I'm still very much not convinced. It's possible. Maybe the technology could have been there. So far, what we know is that Polybius was an alleged, a supposed, arcade cabinet that existed across Portland, Oregon in the early 1980s. 
It supposedly, but it did exist at all, made people extremely sick with its very vaguely described gameplay. And we have a few characters into the mix who have posted about it online in the early 2000s, some even claiming to work on it. Now, up next, we will break down all of the evidence around this mysterious arcade cabinet game and figure out whether it existed in real life or not. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Let's get down to business. Let's get down to business. I mean, was this thing real? Weirdly, I really think that some of the stuff I'm going to show you, Elle, and some of the stuff that we're going to talk about might lead you to believe that it could have been because this was what really sold me. Okay. Now, in terms of arcade cabinets that made people violently ill, we already talked about how games can make you sick. Like, I can't really play a VR nowadays because it makes me so motion sick. And games, even if they're stationary, can make you feel ill. The idea of getting sick from a game, as we already discussed, is not that strange at all. When you're in an arcade, it is like a very immersive environment. Like the lighting and everything is specifically made, even when I was in a Dave and Busters, like playing the shooting games that are on the giant screens feel, at least to me, way more immersive than playing something on my PlayStation. Examples of some of these really intense games, even around this time period, would be Tempest, Cube Quest, and Berserk. Cube Quest was so high tech that it required like constant, really expensive and extensive repairs 24 7. And this is what kind of got my brain turning. Mm hmm. Cube Quest itself was so high tech, it was making people motion sick. It was really like intense technology for the time they always had to have people in fixing it. Could that be the men in black suits? Was it something similar with Polybius? Yo, if I was a video game technician and I was being forced to wear a suit to my job. But like, I wonder if there was just literally a different standard of professionalism. Maybe this is crazy. Maybe this is completely out there. But like, what if? I mean, I guess I could see it, but th they also, Nobody has said that these men were fixing Polybius. They said that they were collecting records, right? 
I mean, that's what they assumed, but how could they have possibly known what they were doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if they're just going into the arcade and doing things, how would they, this is, this is what sold me, how would they know that they're not just like fixing the arcade cabinet and they're little snot-nosed kids and they don't know anything because they're kids? Like, they're just... And I'm having such a difficult time picturing men in black walking into a 1980s Dave & Buster's <laughs> to like crouch down next to this arcade machine. I'm not telling you that it's not possible, but admittedly to me, it is far-fetched. Okay. I do. I respect that. And I understand that. And I have more for you. I'm very confident. I'm confident that I can get you on the Polybius is real hashtag train. I'm sitting right in the middle. So it would make sense that if Polybius did exist, it could have this crazy intense physical reaction for people. I don't think we're denying that, that if it did exist, it totally makes sense, government mind control or not, that it would really affect people because games can do that. For sure. But was it real at all? So one popular journalist in Portland, Oregon, went in to investigate, like, is Polybius real? Was it ever real? What is the story? What is the hot gossip here? And in her research, she found out something that, like, blew my mind. Mm -hmm. This is so crazy to me. Like, I, I, this is so wild. She found that there were a lot of games, like a lot of arcade games, being tested in specifically Portland, Oregon at this time. And that very often they were not labeled during this phase. These were like demos. Why? I think it was like to test an audience to see how often are people playing this? Maybe how long are they staying engaged? I mean, like, did she discover why it was in Portland? <laughs> I don't know that we know exactly why it was in Portland, but for whatever reason, video game developers were rolling out a lot of stuff in Portland, Oregon at the time. That is interesting. That's, I mean, hey. It is really fascinating. Like, why, why Portland itself? I have no idea. Like, what made them decide on that? Mm -hmm. But listen, like, this was really like a game changer for me because what if that was just the test market? What if everyone was already testing in Portland? There are all of these unnamed cabinets out. Polybius could have been one of them. Where I stand right now, Polybius might have existed as a video game. I actually do kind of believe that there could have been a video game that uh, was causing this motion sickness in an arcade cabinet format. People were leaving feeling ill. It might have looked like that picture we looked at with like the spirals, but there's nothing that leads me to believe that it was government mind control except like the men in black in suits, right? Which I'm not convinced ever existed. Well, so what I'm starting to think, and I we are on such a similar wavelength with this one, I'm starting to think that this was just something that was rolled out in Portland, Oregon to test this game. Men in black, quote unquote, collecting records. Like maybe these kids hyped it up in their brain that they were these creepy men in black suits. Maybe they were just wearing all black, who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think that maybe they were coming to quote unquote collect records, whether they were repairing the game or literally collecting information on the people testing out the game. Like how long are they staying engaged? You know, maybe there really is that kind of information that exists within arcade cabinets. I have no idea. I don't either. And I think, you know, Loie, I agree. For the first time, we've really reached almost the exact same conclusion. 
I would believe that this was a video game that really did exist and that, yeah, like maintenance men probably came in occasionally to fix it. And these kids found it creepy and unsettling. So the maintenance men wearing black that came in to fix it became the sci-fi men in black collecting records for mind control for the government. There also, this is a little bit of a tangent, but at the time in Portland, Oregon, there were serious problems with drugs out on the streets and stuff. And there actually were a lot of FBI agents in Portland, Oregon in the early 80s, just keeping people off the streets and like looking into this kind of stuff, like stopping drug deals, all of that. It's totally possible that an FBI agent even then in that case, like, the men in black could be so many different people. Like somehow I'm leaving this believing the least that they were from the government. Well, maybe they were actually. Maybe it was just somebody hanging out in an arcade in all black, not very undercover, trying to suss out if something strange was happening in an arcade. And maybe they never actually touched the system, but it just, you know, people got their memories mixed up. Okay, okay, all right. Did it exist? Let's start there. Do you think it existed? It's possible that one video game called Polybius existed in Portland. I think it's more likely that if this really was a hotbed for video game testing, there might have been an amalgamation of failed, unsettling, somewhat disastrous arcade cabinets that ended up across the city, if what that journalist said is correct. So maybe people who lived in Portland as kids do all kind of remember like having weird video game experiences and when they look it up and see this Polybius thing, they're like, because the gameplay is so vague and could be anything, they're like, oh my God, it was Polybius. That's exactly what I played. So it's like maybe the history of all these video game cabinets being tested in Portland has kind of just become this one Polybius urban legend. Do you think that Polybius in its current form, at least online, is just an amalgamation of all of these memories? I think so, yeah. I think that that's a really good kind of conclusion to come to because it makes so much sense. And it would also make so much sense that like in trying to detail this two to three decades later, like in trying to recall all of this from your child, I can't remember what I ate yesterday. yesterday. Like, oh, not a chance. I think that it would make a lot of sense that maybe people remember seeing a kind of shoddy, weird arcade game. They would glance over at a screen. Oh, it looks kind of trippy. I'll stay away from that men in black suits. They walk into the arcade. What are they doing? They create this fake memory in their head even. And maybe it's not even fake. Your friend played that game and he told you all about it and he was mind controlled. And that's why they had. I mean, it's just so easy. I mean, this is how this is the entire point of the podcast. This is how urban legends are born. This one has just been like cataloged on the Internet for decades. There's some like little, wow, this is a very like wise statement to come to at the end of this podcast, but there's a little bit of truth in every single one of these urban legends, every single one. There's a little modicum of truth, like a real story that is being taken from because we as human beings are not, like we have exhausted our creativity. Everything comes from somewhere. What is the revelation? Could Polybius possibly have been an exercise of mind control by the government? I think all video games are exercises in mind control. I mean, that's the function of a video game, but I don't think it was probably some government machine, though it could have been. I haven't heard anything that points me to the fact that it could not have been. Like the government has pulled weirder stuff than this. 
You know what? Honestly, a government-run arcade system in Portland, Oregon, not that far-fetched. That all to say, if you were like a kid in the 1980s, did you ever play Polybius or did you ever just play like a weird arcade game in general that like nobody talks about anymore? Even if you don't know the name of it, we would love to hear about your experience. Let us know all over social media with hashtag gruesome twosome. As always, we love to hear from you. For now, thank you all so much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor, also known as the Gruesome Twosome, and we have loved this deep dive into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and by Deanna Markoff, Avi Gandhi, and Ed Simpson from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research provided by Yumi Shin. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor, better known as Snitchery. AKA the gruesome twosome.